Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you so much for tuning back in. It's been a couple months. Um, I had a few challenges with trying to schedule in-person interviews. Just life happens for all of us. And then here we are, it's COVID-19, and I've been nudged and pushed into figuring out remote podcasting and the ways of Zoom. And I am so grateful. I've resisted it in the past because I just so cherish that in-person connectivity and magic during interviews. And yet today I had so much fun finding, finally landing in conversation with a friend who I've been wanting to interview for months and we were able to make it happen because of Zoom. I have so much gratitude for her patience with me. I felt like I was stumbling over my words at times, um, I guess just shaking off some rustiness. Um, but again, it was wonderful just to flow with her, and I'm so excited for you to tune into this episode. So thanks again for your support, for subscribing, sharing. If you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and offering a rating and a review, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have any questions, feedback, if you want to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Core Nourishment or my website, AnnieWagoner.com. So episode 32, I, again, had so much fun just chatting with and conversing and holding space for my friend Erin Holt of Erin Holt Health. She is a functional medicine nutritionist, an avid researcher and scientist, and so bold in how she chooses to show up and live her purpose. It was incredible to hear Erin talk about what what her self-care looks like right in the now, especially during this unsettling time and how she's really trying to observe anxiety and fears and then pivot, get herself in nature, in the dirt, connecting with meditation and yoga to fuel herself so that she can have energy for her work and for her family. She is just adamant about learning how to stand in boundaries and has been forced through her own healing journey to really step into that boundary holding. And I have so much respect for Erin and her way in which she just empowers others, informs others, educates through all of her own research and knowledge. She is one of my go-to people to learn about the latest research on nutrition. And she really helps women to break down and break through all the confusion out there to learn what the facts are and how to really nourish themselves and connect with their own bodies. So there is so much more juiciness. There is so much more I wanted to ask Erin. However, um, we just had so much fun flowing. I hope you enjoy. You can find her again at Erin Holt Health on Instagram. You can also get informed and empowered on her podcast called The Functional Nutrition Podcast. That's spelled F-U-N-K apostrophe T-I-O-N-A-L Nutrition Podcast. She is a kick-ass entrepreneur, so inspiring, lives with integrity, and so bold. Have fun learning from Erin.
awesome, Erin. We're live. <laughs> awesome. Glad Yay. to be here. I know. I'm so grateful to finally connect with you. I literally was like dancing um, before we hopped on together. <laughs> so I was like, we're finally doing this. <laughs> I know. It's been a long time coming. We've had a lot of uh, schedule snafus. Yes, understandably, <laughs> with all the various roles we we play in our lives. <laughs> sure. Yeah, now even extra, extra, yes. extra roles. I know. I know. Speaking of now, um, I don't, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask my guests to start is like what truly is nourishing you and lighting you up and fueling you in this, in this moment. Um, and, you know, with COVID-19, I know you've been such an incredible resource and um, passionate voice out there for sharing your own experience and knowledge and tools. Um, but coming back to you in this moment today, Erin, what are you, what are you doing to nourish you? So, you know, it's, it's, a lot. Let's just say that yeah. a lot right now, because like everybody else, my nervous system is super jacked up. Um, I think anytime we're in this this state of not knowing, not knowing what to expect, right? Um, it it is very uh, challenging for the nervous system and the entire neuroendocrine system, and I'm very sensitive to those shifts. So I'm feeling that quite a bit, whether it's through anxiety or like weird mood fluctuations. Um, I also feel a lot on a physical level. I have autoimmune disease. So life stress can trigger up body stuff for me. So I have been doubling or even tripling down on all of the, um, you know, call them self-care, if you will, but all of the ways to support my body and my nervous system. So what that looks like for me right now, it's a lot of meditation. It's a lot of breath work, a tremendous amount of breath work. It's kind of how I move stuff out of my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nature, we're very, very, very lucky to live in the woods. So we're spending a tremendous amount of time outside, which is one of like my touchstones, just being outside in the wilderness. Um, And then some good old fashioned boundary setting to protect protect my energy and my own, my own space and my own sanity. Um, And I feel like there's, that is, is really necessary right now. I, I have, this is going to sound harsh, Um, but it's what I need to do to look after me, to protect my own neck. Um, But I am not available for um, other people processing their emotional experience and their trauma of this time. Like I'm not making myself available for that because I find that if I just continue to steep in that, it's like I'm reliving the trauma over and over. So if Mm. the news is constantly on, I mean, I'm, I'm saying informed, don't get me wrong, but there's not really a whole lot of new news. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of just regurgitation of the same old thing. So if I have the news on all the time, if all I'm doing in my feed um, on social media or, you know, through my phone is like constantly staying immersed in what's going on. And then every human interaction I have is more of the same, just talking about how hard this time is, then that's going to be my lived experience. I'm just going to continue to see how hard it is and um, not to discount the fact that this is a really, really tragic and hard time. But if, if that's all I'm seeing and that's all I'm doing day in and day out, then that's going to be really hard on me, um, my mental health and my physical health. 
So it's a combination of things, but I'm doing a lot. I would yeah. say I'm spending three to four hours a day doing like quote unquote self-care, whether that's breath work, movement, meditation, yoga, all of it. That's incredible, Erin. And I so I have so much respect for you um, touching upon that piece of boundaries because that's just as humans such a continuous practice to lean into. Um, and and I again respect your saying that you right now don't have the space in the room to um, to absorb other people's experience and emotional trauma. Um, I think, yeah, I, I hope that listeners can can really hear that point because um, I agree. I think there's there's a level of processing that is so necessary to help move that energy through and out and to release. But if we're all continuing just to stay there um, and go back to it, yeah, it's like we're constantly like staying in the, the trauma and our nervous systems can't relax. Um, and that's feeding, that's feeding the epidemic of fear and anxiety um, and causing us to become physically sick in a whole different way. So um, I really, I really appreciate you sharing that so boldly. And just to be clear, I am not a positive poly. I am not somebody who looks at the world with rose colored glasses. (laughs) I am not, I'm, I'm not about that spiritual bypassing life. I am not a love and lighter. I like, that is not my vibe. Um, I deeply respect people who, who can do that. I am not one of them. I'm like pain first. I'm rage. I'm anger. You got to get through the shit in order to come mm-hmm. out on the other side. That's more my vibe. But <laughs> right now, so just just to be, just to give some context to what I'm saying. But right now, um, I cannot only focus on the trauma and the tragedy and the reasons to be mad. I can't, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I have to really sink into like, what's the gift here? What's the invitation? Mm-hmm. This is the portal for what. You know, what are we stepping into? What is the, um, what, what are all the positives here? Because there's a lot of them for me. And I, I do say that with a tremendous amount of privilege. Like I do have the ability to work from home, as does my husband. We have one child, you know, we're, you know, we're here with her. We do have exposure to the outside. But I, I just find in, in all the conversations I'm having with people, it's like everybody wants to talk about how hard it is for them. And I get that because it's hard. But I wish people could also sort of spin on their heels, do a little pivot and be able to open up to like, what are the gifts being presented here? Um, And can you sink into that? And can you also honor the fact that some, many people are going through this on a much more severe level, right? Like there's, there's a lot, like I, I, I'm safe in my house. I am healthy. I have food. I have heat. I have comfort. I have the internet. I have cable. I'm good. Like really, really all my needs are being met. Is this a scary time? Sure. But at the base of it, like I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole piece, like coming back to truly that self-awareness and just general awareness and grounding in, um, as you've mentioned, like that meditation of like present mindfulness, like I'm here right now. <laughs> You know, we have the shelter around us. Um, we are safe. Um, and yeah, I think that's huge. And and just as humans, how quickly we can spin in our own in our own story and in our own suffering, um, which I have so much empathy and compassion for. Um, but I've found myself very much in that space too of like remembering like um, I'm coming from a place of privilege also, you know, and that there are people struggling um, beyond 
like I don't have even have words for and um, just to keep pouring empathy and compassion out to the world and light and then coming back to well what what do we have control over right in this now moment to help to help shift this fear and this trauma and this energy to that new place of vibrancy and hope and um, helping I like that you use the word invitation like inviting ourselves and the people around us to to kind of see life in a different way and through a different lens. So there's so much, there is so much invitation happening right now. Yeah. And you know, I would say one of my um, superpowers just as a human being is the ability to take a very challenging situation because I've had quite a few of them in my life and to, you know, not to not grieve. Like I think we all have to grieve hard experiences. We have to let, we have to have some um, ability to let those emotions come out of our body to, to really feel those emotions. So again, it's not the bypassing the stuff, but to feel it. And then to also ask the question, what is this? Why is this happening? Like, what is this here to teach me? Um, And I've done that time and time and time again. um, And I'm not, treating this current situation any differently, even though this isn't just happening to me. This is, I mean, quite literally a global experience. Um, but why, you know, what can I, what can I do with this? What, what can I learn from this? And that's really how I, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's how I can sort of progress in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I can very much relate. I, lo- I always love coming back to that question of, okay, this, this feels really hard right now. What is it teaching me? What can I learn from this? Um, and how can I grow through this? Uh, so yeah, thank you, Aaron. That's incredible. I want to go back to your, you were, you know, and I love that you did air quotes of self-care, like, but you were mentioning the different things that are really nourishing you right now. And I know from knowing you a little bit that have been a part of your healing journey anyway, which is meditation, yoga, nature. Um, but when, when you are like truly nourishing yourself, where do you experience physically that shift? Like where do a, so two questions when you're experiencing, um, like your nervous system just buzzing and you're perhaps an autoimmune, um, like your condition, like flaring up, um, where do you experience that in your physical body? And then when you're starting to really step into your and touch your touchstones and nature and allow yourself to be filled up in that way. Um, where do you feel that shift and soften? Um, I, I, so I, I live most of my life in my head, <laughs> in my head all the time. Um, I, I am a very like, I get a rash, like rationalize this. I have to think through this. I have the, you know, logic and reason. Um, and, and I think part of that is because my body has not historically been a very safe place for me to live. Um, I had, I suffered with eating disorders for 13 years and then go, you know, went on to, to have chronic illness, right? Which by the way, I think I should also say is fully in remission. And that might be something that we could get into in today's show because that was an experience all, all of it in itself. Yes. But, um, but I, um, I, I think that I spend time there because my body doesn't always feel safe. So the more I can drop into my body, um, I would say the more I'm, I'm, I think that's, that's what the, those practices do for me. They, they allowed me to kind of ground down, root down and fully inhabit my body. Um, that's what, what really drew me into yoga 
like 11 years ago when I started practicing was because I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm safe inside my own skin for the first mm-hmm. time ever, right? So it's those, those type of things, right? I feel like I, this sounds very cheesy and I'm not a really cheesy person, but it kind of like coming home to myself. Um, that would That's be what I was that. thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the ability to, to drop down out of my head and stop the, the hamster wheel and feel more present in my own, my own body. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah. That idea of, of safety and building, you know, resiliency and self-trust. So when you think about that, when, when did you, so yeah, let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit, like go back to your story. I'm curious to know, um, and I've read, you know, through your bio and, and I've heard you share a little bit about your eating disorders and battle with body image. When you were a little girl, when do you remember feeling at home in your body? And then when did it start shifting? I don't remember feeling at home in my body as a little girl. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't, can't tell you that. Um, and you know, my, my parents had me young and not to share too much family backstory with you, but my parents had me young you know, there was a lot of alcoholism that I was exposed to. There was, there was definitely some low-grade trauma. And I'm always very careful to use that word. But I think, you know, what we've, looking at it as like trauma with capital T, trauma with, with a little t is, is very helpful for me because it's not so much about like the, the severity of the, of the thing that happened, but really more so how you perceive it. And as a little kid, if any lack of safety is going to, you know, rattle your nerves quite a bit um, and create belief systems, right? Um, So I I really just can't look back and say, oh, that's when I felt safe. I don't really have that. Um, So it's it's hard to say like the moment that things shifted. Yeah. So when did you start to, and you mentioned yoga, do you, do you, can you think back and have, did you have an aha moment of like, wow, I am, I'm starting to connect with some semblance of safety or trust in my body and like start to really reconnect? Yes. Um, in the, sort of the, the height of my eating disorder, I started studying meditation and I, I actually like went to a school to, I was in school like in college studying uh, dietetics and nutrition at the time. Um, and in my downtime, I went to a meditation school and studied in, studied in practice meditation. And there was like, you know, uh, two hours a week where we would sit in space and hold space for one another and meditate and learn different practices and how to use, utilize your intuition. And that was when I was, I really realized like, oh, there's something else here and there's something going on. Um, like things that I can't see with my, my own eyes. You know what I mean? There's something, something bigger out here and realizing that. And I think this is what nature does a lot Mm. for me as well, right? There's something bigger than just me. There's something bigger than myself. Um, somehow realizing that, um, makes, I don't know how to say this. It like makes, it makes me take myself a little less seriously, Mm. right? Um, And so in, in, in that way, I can kind of reconnect to, to my own self, my own intuition and my own trust because I'm, I'm stop, I don't keep running the stories because I realize my stories are kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of things, right? So it pauses the story that's cranking through my head and I can just kind of like be in existence with everything going on around me. Yeah. 
that yeah. makes sense. That's all. No. No, no, no. I actually totally followed you there. It makes me think a little bit of Byron Katie. I don't know if you've heard of her and the work, but like that ability. Yeah. Yeah. That ability to pause the story and then to like, to like, almost like step out of it as if you're like seeing yourself. (laughs) Um, This is, this is totally my way of describing it um, and my experience, but seeing myself like from above and, and just shifting the perspective and then being able to actually like realize, oh, that story is not true. <laughs> and like, and then kind of step back into myself or, you know, yourself. So that's how, that was my take on it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. But this, that's maybe like the fifth time Byron Katie has been referenced in the past month. My mom used like, was like all about the work back in the day. So I was like, mm. oh, tell Total typical daughter. And I was like, she would try to get me to do it. <laughs> you don't know anything, mom. Right, and now right. at 36 years old, I'm like, what's that all about? So my mom <laughs> sent me a book. She mailed it to me from Amazon and I have it on my, um, you know, like the table next to my bed. So I'm going to dive into it. I feel like this is the, this is the message that I needed to like really dive into the work. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love how stuff shows up <clears throat> like that, you know, until you until you're kind of like, okay, I hear you, I listen. I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna lean in. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Well, you'll have to let me know what you think. I'm curious. Will do. So um Aaron, I love that you're sharing of nature. Um, it's something I can relate so deeply to. Uh, I think when I reflect back on times in my life when I have felt most at peace with with myself, my my body, my um, connection to aliveness and like confidence and strength, um, all the things it's in nature. Uh, so I'm curious to know, I know you have, you are fortunate to have nature right around you. Um, but when you're meditating or when you are sharing right now, is there one place that jumps out for you or one moment in nature that is that, that touchstone? Um, no, I cannot. Yeah. Uh, this is funny timing that you asked me this because yesterday my daughter, we were in the woods and um, she like set up this big rock and she like designed it and she like put this pathway. I mean, she put in work, like she was dragging rocks around and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you getting up to? And she's like, I'm making you a meditation rock so you can sit and meditate on it. So maybe, maybe that oh, was my new that. spot. <laughs> that is so, that is so incredible. So sweet. I love it. There are like little, um, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like little anchors or little like keystones um, that I love. For example, ferns. When I see a fern, I'm like, all bets are off. I'm just like, mm. I, I'm in, I am in. Um, <laughs> cardinals do that. I really love birds. Oh, I've been so in tune with the birds. They're so I happy know. right now. I know, okay. right? They're just like everywhere. And I'm like, everyone's getting sick of it. I'm like, there's another bird. My husband's like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, certain smells, like I really love the smell of certain trees. And if I like catch that, then it like, it's just like a whole, it's like a visceral experience for me. So there's like little like micro bursts of that. I don't know, Mm. but it's just something about being fully immersed in the woods. We lived, um, so we've, we've lived in this house for five years now, maybe coming up on six years. And before that we were at the beach, which is like, obviously you can't really beat the beach. And when we were renting a beach house and when it came time, we had our daughter and we were like, we need to buy a house or we don't need to, but we wanted to buy a house. And so I, somebody had put Nottingham on our radar and I was like, I'm never moving to Nottingham. That's the middle of nowhere. Like <laughs> I'm at the beach. I'm not moving. Especially coming from the coast. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, it is off the grid in my eyes. Right. <laughs> Six years ago. 
And we, we really, we sat down and we were like, what's important to us? What are our value systems? What's the most important thing? What we realized is that we wanted privacy. We wanted space and land. Um, and we wanted, we wanted woods. And so that we had to kind of go deep in order to get that. And I, there, I am just so glad that we did that because it is such a healing space. Um, out here we live really close to Patakaway, which is a state oh, park. Yes. Um, but then even, and then we, we can just go right into our backwoods. I'm looking at them right now as I talk to you, but then a mile up the road, there's this whole entire network of trails and you could just like go for like five, six, seven, eight miles. So this is like, but truly been a gift. Um, I'm just really happy to be surrounded by it. And I can be, it's so in my head and like be in my work and super stressed out. And all it takes is for me to like step outside and kind of remind myself that (laughs) stop running the story. Like you're fine, you're good. And your problems are so small in the grand scheme of things. You know, sometimes we need that reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That, that immersion in nature to kind of pull ourselves out. And then I'm like picturing you like literally like rooting your bare feet in the dirt. And that's yes. awesome. Yeah. We just grounded yesterday. I, f- I needed to, I felt maybe it's the full moon or I just felt like oh, yeah. a real nervous system uptick yesterday. Like I have felt this charge, almost like electric charge coming off of my body. And I'm like, okay, I need somewhere to dispel this charge. So Hattie and I ran outside without our shoes on and <laughs> Did a little bit of grounding action. That's felt so good. I have to say, I've been doing a lot of that too. And like (laughs) with all the rain, I was like, oh, you know, it's like my feet are so muddy, but it just feels so good. And then, and then right, this, this gift of this shift of the season, I feel like maybe it's also because just kind of tripled by um, the space and the state that we are globally in. But I feel like I'm so present with this, this shift of into spring and like the aliveness that is emerging and seeing the buds on the trees and hearing those birds chirping. Um, I'm going off on a tangent, but your, your picture running out there with Hattie and, and your bare feet made me think of myself as, as I feel like the kids and I have been doing the same. It feels really good. Yes. One of her kindergarten activities was to look for signs of spring. So now anytime she sees little blossoms or like little shoots coming up from the the ground, she's like, signs of spring. She gets so excited. It's hard not to like catch that, you know, excitement. Right. Right. That's awesome. That's so fun. I love that that assignment remind me, um, Sadie had an assignment this morning that I thought was brilliant from her music teacher, which was to go outside and find natural things like sticks, rocks, um, and then make music like with, with nature, you know, and, and ask your family or your loved ones to join you and, and make like a little nature family band. And I was like, that's so brilliant. I love so, it. I'm going to yeah. steal that one for Hattie. Yeah. That. yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, Aaron, you... I'm going to shift gears here and just share that you are just one of the biggest inspirations in my life. Um, I think as like a fellow mom and you and I have had a chance that we've known each other for a long time, but we actually haven't really fully connected in a while, but just witnessing your your journey um, and your boldness and your sharing and you are just so freaking real and like badass in sharing who you are and your struggles as well as where again, you've allowed that to take you, um, with your work and what you support others with is it's just absolutely powerful. Um, and I love being able to like share your, 
your knowledge and your resources with people and refer people to you. And um, there are times where I step back, I'm like, and I, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's that the comparison that shows up, right? Like, I'm like, how the hell does Aaron do all this? And I say that with such love because I've had people say that to me too. And I know that it's not, it's not, it's not easy. Um, um, so I'm curious to know, you were talking about boundaries earlier. Like, can you share and take us through a day in the life of Aaron? Like, how do you block your time? Like when you're, when your mom, when you're giving to yourself, and I know that it shifts day to day too. Um, but I'd love to just know, like, like what's a COVID-19 aside? Like <laughs> what's a, what's a day? Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like now, like I'm still in my pajamas. It's like, <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> like, I know. it's not a good reflection of Aaron Holt health. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I work a lot, so I want to say that right out of the gate. Um, I, the whole past year was about trying to um, look at my relationship to work and productivity and self-worth and try to get really clear about that and really clean and honest with myself. Like, do I push myself to produce as a way to feel like I'm worthy of taking up space in the world, you know? And I think there's some of that because we do live in this world, right? I'm no... I'm, I'm baked in the same casserole as everybody else. I'm not immune to that. Um, but w- there is also this, sometimes I describe it as like a hand pushing me on my back. Like sometimes it's mm. bigger than me. Um, and it, you know, to use the word passion, I don't even think does it justice. Like this is my life's work. This is why I was born. This is why I was put on the planet is to do this work. And so there's a fine line between like overworking, but also just showing up. Because if I didn't do this, I, I would be a shell of a, of a human. I wouldn't be myself. Like I have to get this stuff out there. Um, so a day in the life would look like I wake up, I, I, my brain is sharpest in the morning. I used to do like a daily practice, journaling, meditating first thing in the morning, um, especially when Hattie was a little baby. But because my brain is so sharp in the morning, I really like to get some work done. So I'll kind of bank a few hours in the morning. And then it's like, you know, getting Hattie off to school. My husband drives her to school and then I just have, I mean, I do, I always do some type of movement. So whether I'm going to a studio to practice yoga or Pilates or where, you know, going outside where, whatever, there has to be some movement baked into my day. Um, and then it's mostly research. I would say I spend the bulk of my time educating myself, learning. Um, that's very important to me. Um, and that's really one of the things that I pride myself on. I think there's a lot of talking heads in this space and, um, there's a lot of overwhelm with consumers, right? Like who do I listen to? Who do I trust? So I feel that if I'm going to, you know, stand up on a platform and start talking, there needs to be some stuff behind it. I feel really strongly about that. Everybody's interested in food. Everybody's interested in nutrition. Everybody's interested in wellness. But in order to really talk about it, I think there needs to be some degree of education behind you. And I, I, not everybody agrees with that, and the, but that is like, that's my stance. So I, I continuing education is, is hugely important to me. Um, and then I spend a lot of time with content creation. So I have online programs that I'm kind of always creating and tweaking. Um, and then I do 
client to client interface, but I usually reserve that to one or two days a week. Um, just because if I, if it's spread out over the whole week, I feel like I'm being pulled into many different directions, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but I would say, yeah, that that's the big, the, the bulk of it, research, content creation, and then like actual working with clients is, is kind of how it goes. Um, and then I'll either pick up my daughter from school. We have in-house childcare three days a week. And then it's like, you know, dinner and, um, all that stuff. And then my husband puts her to bed. Um, that's a really big thing. I, I see a lot of moms shouldering the entire responsibility of child rearing. And as a single parent, you know, like that's, that's it. But if you have a partner, Um, I am of the belief system that your partner is a partner for a reason. You co-created a child together and they need to swoop in and take on some responsibility. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a a, the day in the life. Incredible. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for spelling it out and sharing. Um, There's so many little points in there. I'm like, oh yes, yes. Um, I want, I want to really shout you out in that sense of like you First and foremost, I I remember you. I've heard you say, and you've shared so many times that at heart you are a researcher, a scientist, and um, that you strongly believe it is absolutely vital to be staying up with that. Um, It's constantly evolving, constantly changing, um, and that your mission is to help support others to kind of break all that down and get just tap back into what they personally need as far as like nutrition and support. to live optimally. So I just love that about you. And you are one of my go-tos when it comes to like to staying up on things, Aaron, because I'm like, okay, I know Aaron is doing the research. Um, I personally, I personally struggle with, um, like I, I in the past would, would have said that that's like, like, like it's, I'm hard on myself about that. Like I don't grasp all that as easily, you know, I'm much more, if I'm going to be black and white, like soft skills, then like these, but I, um, am consciously and like desiring to continue to fuel myself in that way, because I agree that it's absolutely important if we are supporting others around their health and nutrition and wellness, um, in this vastly wild, like confusing world that, um, it's important to stay up on that. So thank you for being such a loud in a beautiful, positive way, like resource, um, for me and for so many people. Well, there's two things that I want to say about that. It, um, one is that you kind of have to know your strengths, right? And I think so many of us, we want to do all the things and we want to wear all the hats and we want to be all the people. But if we all could just really focus, like what, are, what, what, are, what am I really good at and where does that meet a need? And then to really show up in that space. And that's what I've done. And I, I can tell you the, the, the areas where I'm not so great. Um, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, helping people like handholding, I'm horrible with handholding. Do not come to me if you need handholding. I'm very bad at it. Very, (laughs) very bad. But there are so many people and I'm not like really a nurturer at heart. You know, I love people and I want to help people and I work my ass off creating free content so I can help people. So it's not a, like, it's not a lack of caring. It's just that I know I'm not good at, at, at handholding. And I'm not good at helping people emotionally process stuff. I did an entire uh, mentorship on spiritual coaching. And what I got out of it was things that I needed for myself and also realizing that, hey, I'm not good at doing this work with other people. But there's so many people that are phenomenal with that stuff, right? So that's where I like 
you know, um, refer out. Like I can't help you with this portion of it. I can, I I can nail this portion of it. Like I'm really good here, not so great here. So I'm going to refer out rather than trying to do it all. Because if we try to do it all, we can't do it all well. So I'd rather do my stuff and do it like the best. Like I want to be the best at what I can do and also acknowledge, Hey, I'm not so great here. And that's fine. That's totally cool. Um, and the other thing is that I think it's really important to note in today's age of social media, a lot of people want to look really good on social media. And I get that. And it's important to some extent for, for a virtual online business. Like I have, like you want to, you know, you want to spend time curating your feed and getting all the fancy photos and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was nine years into my business before I got professional headshots. Okay. I just want to say that. <laughs> it, there are more important things. I always try to get people to understand, like hone your craft. Don't worry about looking pretty. Worry about the actual work. Do the work hone your craft. And if you can do that, then the people will come. Like the people will be attracted to you. I just said last year um, at the, the, at the point um, I had 3000 followers on Instagram and I hit six figures in my business as a company of one. You don't have to have a lot of followers on social media to have a profitable and successful business. You do have to invest your time and your money into your education and into doing the work. You know, I really care less about how many followers somebody has. I care more about like what they're doing in their downtime. Like, are you up, you know, doing the research like on a Friday night? Does that light you up? Does that inspire you? Cool. You know, it's like that type of stuff. I think we just sometimes miss, I don't know, we get hung up on the wrong stuff sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, this is like a whole nother topic for perhaps another time in terms of that, like social media piece. But I, I agree. I think that's where that, that I think social media is really powerful and um, positive in many ways um, for connectivity, for reach, for people to like learn and, and find resources and feel educated. And at the same time, it's simultaneously a detriment to some people and their self-care and their ability to be, um, truly productive or, or I guess I, I hate to say, but successful in the way that they truly desire to be, you know, because they're really caught or pouring the energy kind of in, you know, the, the places where it's not truly going to ground them and be foundational and, um, yeah, help them, uh, I guess, explode out there. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, you, it's really clear you, um, you're sharing in terms of your, like, just, you're so real. <laughs> you're so real, Aaron. And it's so awesome. Like, I love your videos. Um, you know, you, you'll like, yeah, you're just, it's just like truly like you sharing you and your life and then your mission. And I love that you call it that, like this hand on your back, cause you can feel that energy from you. And that is, like, I think that is absolutely um, incredible to feel and that I love, I love meeting people in the world who have that drive and that purpose. Same. I really, I totally deeply connect with that, like in, so much. Like I can just see it in another person and I'm like, I get it. I get you. Yes. Right? I yeah. Love yeah. So cool. Um, what about food for you? And I'd love to come back. You mentioned your autoimmune condition and that like that has been a real, um, 
I guess, teaching moment for you and in your experience and you're now in remission. I'd love for you to share more about that and how your own knowledge and, and nutrition and relationship to your body and nervous system and cortisol, all the things have helped support you. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of, of backstory. Um, after I had my daughter, so she'll, she's almost six, she'll be six in two months. Um, so about six years ago, I started feeling really poorly. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't explain it. I was a little bit embarrassed because at the time, you know, I had this, um, nutrition business. I was a yoga teacher. I was doing all the right things. I was eating all the right foods. And I just knew that I was like, getting sick. Um, and I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who I, I was. I felt very alone, very isolated. Um, because I thought I was like kind of going crazy at the same time, you know, that postpartum period where you're like, what's ha- like, is this life? Is this real life? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like I? you're in this fog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, uh, when I finally spoke up and started going to my doctors, uh, I kept hearing this is normal. This is, this is, you know, you're just tired. You're a new mom. You should let the baby cry it out. You should get some sleep. You should stop breastfeeding, you know, kind of all of that. But they didn't have any answers for me. They're they're like, your blood work is normal. We don't know what to tell you. And that went on for an entire year um, until I finally went back uh, to the office and I kind of like lost my mind on them. It was like dropping F-bombs in the office. And I was like, I'm not leaving here until it gets an answer. <laughs> like I got crazy. And they, because I was feeling crazy. Like, I'm like, you keep telling me that everything's fine. And I know my body and I know things aren't fine. So like, what's the next step here? I can't live like this. We're at an impasse. Now what do we do? It's uh, that inner knowing, that same exactly thing. That's like knowing. that hand on your back, right? You're like, yes. no, there is something. Yeah. And I really had to be an advocate for my own health. I mean, I, mm. I consider myself like a bulldog at, at that point. And so um, they ended up running a lot of blood work. They sent me to a rheumatologist who drew like, I don't know, it felt like 90 vials of blood. And um, I ended up got, getting diagnosed with systemic scleroderma, which is, um, or excuse me, systemic sclerosis, which is n- also known as scleroderma, which is a pretty serious autoimmune condition. And then I also, like, I, that kind of gave me the gusto. I'm like, it was validation. I was like, see, I knew something was up. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I started to um, experiment or um, kind of push to get more GI testing done because I had a lot of gut issues. And um, wasn't taken very seriously at all. And I, I ended up figuring out I had SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So basically, basically I got a ton of answers all at once. And I'm like, now what, you know, okay, I got the validation, but I don't know what to do with any of this information. So at that time I started dipping my toe into the functional medicine world. Mm. And, um, I, I had been in the alternative health world for a while at that point, but functional medicine was new to me. So I started kind of tinkering around a little bit and I started applying a lot of what I was learning to myself. And because I was getting such good results, I started applying it to my nutrition clients. Um, and they started getting good results. So then the next step for me was to get formal training in functional medicine and integrative and functional nutrition. And so I, I mean, I've basically in one, been in one continuing ed program after another, um, learning more and more and more and more. So now what I practice is functional medicine nutrition. So the, the getting sick was 
one of the hardest thing that, that has ever happened to me. Um, it was very, it was a very emotionally and physically challenging time. It was awful, but it was one of those, why is this happening for me moments? What mm-hmm. is this here to teach me? And I, it, while it was horrible, it was also a, a tremendous gift because it has completely pivoted the whole trajectory of my career. Um, and now I get to be the advocate. Now I get to be the bulldog for other women who are going through a very similar thing uh, with, their, with their primary care providers. So in, in terms of getting it into remission, it, it's been a long journey. I had to look at a lot of the root causes and the triggers for autoimmunity because auto, your, your immune system doesn't just turn on a dime. It doesn't, your body just doesn't just go into self-attack mode. So what is going on? You have to look under the hood and you, ha- you have to figure out what's going on. So for me, it was a lot of digestive stuff. It was um, some detoxification issues. And it was a lot of the mental and emotional work old belief systems that needed to be um, broken down. Um, So it's been a long time coming, but I just got, um, just a few months ago, I got like a total clean bill of health from my rheumatologist where my organ functions perfect. Um, The the type of scleroderma I have can um, lead to pulmonary hypertension. So big, big lung involvement as well as heart involvement and kidney involvement. So I have to get annual screenings. And he basically said my, my health is at a point now where he's like, I wouldn't even consider this scleroderma. I would consider this pre scleroderma. So it's like in full blown remission. Um, so that, that's really good. How did that feel to like, to get that feedback? Cause I know how important that is for you to hear too. Okay. So I have to tell you, I mean, obviously I've done a tremendous amount of work. I eat really well. I, my, I mean, my nutrition is on point. I've d- I do functional lab testing on myself annually to just make sure that I am, uh, I use that as preventative medicine, right? Just, I want to know about anything before it gets too, too dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do a lot of, I mean, I invest in my health. It is my, my number one asset, right? So I do all of that. But then um, this year, I started to experience some um, symptoms of disease progression and I got very scared. This happened like right, like this winter, right after the holidays, I got really scared and I was scared to the point where I'm like, I will do anything. Like I am at my low, right? This is like the breaking point for me. What do I need? And it was like, kind of like the Katie Byron stuff where all of a sudden I just kept getting hit over the head with Joe Dispenza. And I'm like, all right, I already had two oh, of his I books. Him. Yeah. I know. I had, I had some of his meditations already. I'm like, okay, I'm going in deep with Joe. Me and Joe, we're going to get through this <laughs> together. And so I committed to an hour of meditation every day, but very like specific visualization meditation. I worked mm. with Nadine Wheeler. Do you know Nadine? Yes. Yes. She's an amazing witch. I love her. Yes. She's a crazy old broad and she's <laughs> probably one of my favorite people on this planet. Um, so she does, um, she did some hypnotherapy with me as well as cranial sacral therapy. And I did a lot of, I, I, I law of attraction work kind of, um, I hate saying that because it sounds a little bit, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like basically visualizing what you want to see. What's the outcome you want? But then also feeling that in your body right now, like it's already happened. So in what the moment, I, yeah. The moment, like what would it feel like in my body to have an autoimmune disease in remission? What would it feel like? Mm-hmm. And so I would spend a lot of time with that, like the, the, 
physicality of that emotion. Um, I would spend a lot of time walking through the woods, feeling that in my body. And so um, by the time I got to my rheumatologist to get all the test results back, I was already like, I know that I'm okay because I've been walking around for months knowing that I'm okay and feeling what it feels like to be okay in my body. Um, so yeah, that was- Wow, my- Aaron. Yes. That's- that's powerful. Isn't that, I mean, I don't want to call it crazy, but it's it's wild. It's no, and it's so, I think it's just so bold and courageous of you to open yourself up to that. Because again, kind of how we're experiencing in this now with this global pandemic and the level of fear that is just vibrating through, um, that is what you were feeling individually in that moment, you know, when you started to feel those symptoms and um, how incredible that you like, you were able to pause and, and just listen and know, okay, who can I like be connected with Joe? Um, and you know, other support and healers to really support you, um, so that you can, can just reconnect with your, your true like essence and health in that way. That's, that's, that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was patience. <laughs> that, well, it's like, I mean, I, I, I mean, Annie, I like, literally was like afraid of dying at that point. Yeah. I like, I was like, I, I was showcasing signs of pulmonary hypertension, mm-hmm. um, which turned out obviously not to be, but I like, I was scared to the point where I was like, and that's like kind of like, if you get diagnosed with that, they're like, you got five or 10 years, like make the most of it. You know, it's, right. it's not a good one. It's not a good <laughs> diagnosis to get. So I was just like, I mean, I spent a solid I don't know, three to four weeks, just like sobbing and like, you know, talking through things with my husband and just like processing the emotion that was coming up of, I am afraid to die. Like that's, that's the big one, right? That's the biggest one there is. And I think a lot of people to your point right now are globally, like it is like making us come face to face with our, with our mortality. Yeah. Um, It's, it's very scary. And it also sort of begs the question well, what are you going to do with this one life? You know, like, what are you going to do? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? And so in the fear, it also um, was sort of like alchemy for me to be like, what do I actually want to produce? And what am I doing in my life right now that isn't working for me? And something that I noticed, and this is why I'm so big on boundaries. And I'm like the boundaries bitch, you know, like I know people think I'm harsh and I know people think that, that it's too much, but like, I have to be this way because I am an empath. So I physically take on the, the emotions of other people. And when I'm working one-on-one with clients and they're experiencing a lot of anxiety and they, or, or despair, and they don't know what to do with that, it, it ends up coming, like I end up taking it on. And I didn't realize that I was doing that until this winter. It, I, there was a few moments in time where I was like, oh my God, I was reading an email that um, a client had sent me and like a paragraph in, I all of a sudden, like I was in a great mood, open, I was like going to power down, go play with Hattie. I was like, one more email. And I read the, the first paragraph and all of a sudden I felt like I was having a panic attack. And that, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this, is, this is what's been going on for so long. No wonder why my body is freaking out and yeah. trying to communicate things to me. Your body is like screaming at you, like no more. <laughs> no more. I'm, yeah. I gotta be done. This isn't working for me. So yeah, um, yeah I mean, scary time, but also another, another gift of a time. I was just thinking that another opportunity for you to 
to have learned so much and received this gift. So what has shifted for you? Like what's changed so powerfully? What did you let go of and how are you shifting those certain boundaries? Um, so I, I stopped taking private clients. I shut down my private practice indefinitely. Um, I have since changed that. So this week I, right. I saw back. that. <laughs> there, was a, there was a few months where I wasn't seeing private clients anymore. Um, I, I still work with clients within the context of my, your hormone revival, my hormone program. So yeah. it wasn't like totally, you know, I was still seeing clients. Um, it just wasn't the one-on-one work. And, but I just got, a, I was like, I'm going to do this until I get sort of an intuitive hit to open the doors back up. Um, and last week, I think it's just with everything going on and knowing that I have the ability to help people through this process. I, there was just something about it that that made me say, okay, I'm going to do this. But I, I changed the parameters of how working with me looks. I tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also really, like I said, I, I'm sort of setting the ener- energetic boundary of I am not available to emotionally process the trauma of this situation with anybody. What I can do, I'm going to do the stuff that I do really well. I'm going to look at labs. I'm going to analyze labs. I'm going to help you figure out and get to the bottom of what's going on inside your body. Um, I'm going to teach you about the connection between your beliefs and what's going on inside your body. But in terms of hand-holding you through the process of that, like that's going to be outsourced to somebody else. Yeah. Like yeah. a therapist, like somebody, I mean, I, I think that the issue here, here's exactly what it was. The issue that I was experiencing was that people, and this is, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not, this is not, I'm not tearing anybody down and I'm not saying that anyone did a bad thing. When we're in desperation, when we're sick, when we're looking for answers, you know, sometimes lines get blurred, but I was being put in this position of being um, somebody's therapist, somebody's best friend. Somebody's nutritionist and somebody's like child, uh, child was a child care. <laughs> that would have been a weird one. That would have been weird. But caretaker. <laughs> caretaker, like their healthcare provider where they would, they would email me and being like, here's a question that's, that's directed to my doctor, but I don't trust my doctor. So I'm going to direct it to you. And I'm like, I can't do, I can't do all of this. Right. Right. And then that sense of urgency that you, because you are so, again, passionate, doesn't do it justice, but so driven and in your purpose to support others. I imagine in those moments have a hard time, like drawing that boundary and, and feel this urgent need to, and desire to respond. If you can be helpful, why not? But yeah, that's a, Yes. Urgency is the perfect way to describe it. I would feel it in my body. I'd be like, gotta react, gotta respond, gotta help right now. And I, I didn't realize what a toll that was, was taking on, um, my, my mental health, my physical health, and really like the health of my family. Like, or like the, you know, cause I was taking so much time away from my family to be available to my clients. And I didn't realize how, um, you know, that that's not a great thing. That's not, that's not, that's not the, the container that I want to create. Yeah. That's not serving you clearly. And your body, your body, how great your body, you were listening as you started to listen as your body was like screaming at you. So yes, exactly. Um, And that's what it takes. It's not for me. It's like, sometimes I have to learn lessons on a body level, which is hard. It's not very gentle, but it it works, you know, it's, it, it, it's the way that I navigate life. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. It's funny. It's like, yep, knocks you off your feet sometimes. And you're like, oh, I got to catch my breath again and like do this differently. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Got it. Um, I really appreciate you sharing so rawly in that way too, Erin, because I hope and imagine there are listeners out there who who are listening to this and hearing like, oh, wow, like what is like pausing to be like, what has my body been telling me? Like, how am I feeling in this moment? What, what's no longer serving me? And have I just been, it's, I feel a kind of cliche saying this, but like reacting every day in life um, and like, like on call to everyone else um, and responding versus like really, really honoring myself and putting myself first and foremost. I think there is this on, um, unfortunately like a label of like like selfishness you know and I kind of hear you alluding to that when you're like I know it's harsh but I've got to draw this boundary and I would say like hell no like I hope people can hear you in that way and and what I love and try to empower others to come back to is we need to put ourselves like first and foremost in in nourishment and fueling and connecting with aliveness and and like our um nervous system relax so that we can show up in our purpose and in, in our life for others with the most vibrant energy. Otherwise we're coming from a place of depletion and that's not serving anyone. (laughs) So. Right. And exactly. Like if I spend all of my, I'm like a big, don't DM me. I can't give medical advice on DMS. Don't ask me question on DMS. You're an (laughs) internet stranger. I literally can't help you. (laughs) Please please don't. Um, And it's also, you're asking me to do my paid work for free. Right. Yeah. Like that's a, yeah. like, that's another boundary violation. But I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm constantly reminding people about that on social media and, and people will say like, Hey, don't feel like you have to like my, you know, like I have like my little crew of people that always jump to my defense, which is so adorable and so appreciated. But they're always like, you don't have to explain yourself. I'm like, no, what I'm doing is public boundary setting because the more I, you know, the more I can do that, the more other people will see me doing that and be like, oh, I can do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, this is okay, mm-hmm. right? I love nothing more than to witness other women set and hold boundaries. When I watch it, I'm like, oh, I just feel this sense of empowerment. Like, I can do this too. She mm-hmm. did it, so I can do it, right? And yeah. so that's what that is all about. It's to, to just showcase to people like, yeah, you can do this. You should do this, right? And if you're constantly, you know, like I was saying before, if I'm spending all my time answering DMs, right? Helping people with their health challenges through DMs, where's the time for me to do like the actual work, like to show up in the world and do my actual work? It's not there, right? So yeah. we have to be very... Um, um, stingy with, with our time, right. A little bit. And like where, where that energy goes. And if we have a leaky ship, we got to figure out where the leaks are coming from and, and button those up a little bit. I love your, I love your metaphors. They're always mixed. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) It's another thing I love about you, Aaron, is your like, yeah, your humor and your metaphors are great. So you said like baked earlier and I was like, yeah, (laughs) I get that. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been so much fun. I feel like I, we could chat all day. And it just, I think there's also, there's like this piece of me. It's like, oh my God, it feels so good to connect with another human, like oh, seeing yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one more question, because uh, I wanted to ask you earlier is like, you are a junkie in terms of just soaking up research and taking different programs. What is one 
one particular program you're either enrolled in now or um, something you've read or a book you're reading that's lighting you up? Oh, I just, the I, there was a book that I'm like, if, if I could recommend this book, hang on, my bookshelf is right behind me. Let me see. It's all color coded too. I've noticed that. I love it. I it makes me very, <laughs> very happy. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know what it was, but there was one book. I'm like, oh, this is the book. This is the book. If I think about it, I'll send you a message. Um, the training that I'm currently in is a mentorship with Dr. Dan Kalish for functional medicine. Um, and the segment that I'm in right now is all about organic acid testing. So that's that's the one that, but I mean, I'm like I was telling you, I've, I'm never not enrolled in something. Most of my income goes back into education so that I can then create more resources to pump out to the masses. Yeah, that's amazing. It's awesome. Thank you, Aaron, so much for hopping on with me and for this time. Um, you are just doing such an incredible job, like living in your purpose and spreading this ripple of health and education and knowledge out to the world. Well, so thank you very I, much. I appreciate yeah, that. Awesome. Nice to feel um, seen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, thank you for putting yourself boldly out there. You bet. There's yeah. no other way with this, with this gal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> I'm all, all out there. I wear my heart on my sleeve and my emotions out loud. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Aaron. You're so welcome. Great to connecting again soon. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm.